What's up, everybody? My name is Amanda. And this is... Joe Freshy Frost Foster. <laughs> and we're here with the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. And we're here talking about our spooky stories, our crazy work lives, and everything else in between. We want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, and enjoy. being halloween this episode will come out on october 20 october 29th uh your birthday which is all is it your birthday that is my birthday that's my middle child's birthday oh Oh, that's awesome spooky season shout out to kenta who will not be listening to this (laughs) (laughs) for another 10 years oh no minimum hopefully Uh, yeah um and it's also episode 75 so Mm. congratulations you you made it on a a quarter quell. Um, it's a Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. I was about to say. Uh, we wanted to, to talk spooky stories, and you both said that you have some. Mm-hmm. So whoever wants to kick us off. What, what what better to do it in Murder Hotel? Oh, I know, right? The, yeah. the most, <laughs> like everything about this hotel, as soon as we walked in, even to the lobby, I was like, oh, this feels creepy. And then we walked into the room and I was like, but I bet the rooms look nice at least. And then I walked in and I was like, nope, no, it's exactly better. what I expected. <laughs> it's so, one of those that you walk into here and you automatically, from the moment you walk in the door, like you said, you're yeah. just like every essence of this says, I am in the right place for Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This speaks 100%. to my soul. 100%. So, so we have to start off by talking about the fact for 12 months- Jackson has been saying, "Room six thirty-eight. That's uh, that's where we were, right? The the haunted room mm-hmm. where he told us the story of the the bride that jumped out the window to her death, and uh, that mm-hmm. true story about this hotel. And uh, I'm like, yeah, buddy, it's six thirty-eight. We walk up to the front desk, and she's like, hey, hey here's your keys for six thirty-eight. So here's the thing. To to segue off of that, we have so many of us. We have to split into two rooms. And every group upon us, whether it was like the other Joe, you guys, we're all me. I'm on the fifth floor. We're mm-hmm. all on the fifth floor. Those guys are in 638. Okay, so what's the story behind 638? Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we start that story, <laughs> I just want to be clear. <clears throat> A child said, "Yep." So my my son, my son, he okay. came with us here to Halloween Palooza last year. Okay, and this Got is where it. he first heard the story of the bride death. So he was calling out this room number way before, because you guys had stayed in this room before. He had yeah, heard the story about this, this room. We stayed in this, this is the room okay. we stayed Got in it. last year. So he manifested by stating, "We're going to be in this room next year." And we're like, well, we'll just see what they can put us in. We'll see what they have available. We didn't ask for anything in particular. And when they went to go check in, they were like, we have 543. He's like, perfect. Amanda will be in that room. I said, thank you so much. Love that. And they're like, the other room we have is 638. And boom. And all of a sudden, Jackson was like, 
I knew it. That's where we're going. So That's you, where we had are. You guys stayed in 638 before? We have. That's okay. where we stayed last year. Okay. So then, so you stayed in the room and then he heard the story about the. Well, mm-hmm. I told, yeah, I told him about the story oh, okay. while in the room because I requested it. it. But this year we got so hung up with work, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to request the room. So out of every room in the entire hotel, they randomly picked that. And he is the only person, again, as I state, out of our entire group of everybody we know that is here, that is even on the sixth floor. All the rest of us are on the fifth floor. Other Joe man, you guys, me, we're all on the fifth floor. And so that's where I was like, I am not staying in that room tonight. You're not going to see my booty up there at all. And sure enough, when we go to get inside, the magnetic lock is deactivated. Mm -hmm. We had to go right back down and get our key fixed. Immediately. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's the Spirit thing. says, thou shalt um, not enter. If it were me, I'd keep my kid as far away from that room as possible because he seems a little too jazzed about going to a very specific <laughs> right? room. We love the spook. That's our whole family. Like, everybody, you know, you have the Christmas people, you have the fall people, summer, baseball, football season. We are spooky the season. spooky season people like if you want to meet the bitches for spooky season <laughs> that is all of us signed up to a spooky team season loving ass bitches yes uh, all day general every day joe of that yeah of that. <laughs> yeah, brigade. yeah so let's let's hear that story so do you want to hear the hotel yeah, story first? yeah absolutely so i actually grew up in a tumble and okay. this has been I'm sorry like- <laughs> <laughs> stop it a lot of they've great- been so generous we love you guys so much <laughs> yeah a was awesome it's actually ironic there's so many people and senior leadership positions with different winery companies from Ottumwa. Dude, I grew up in Greenfield, Iowa. I have no room to talk. Yeah, Baxter. it's so much but, worse. But uh, I, I, I think Ottumwa, what happens here is that uh, you get a good work ethic on the farm, and then you go to go to Hy-Vee. Oh, that's, sure. That's yeah. what all of us did, and then Hy-Vee prepares you to win in life because it's tough. Mm-hmm. It is super tough, but. A lot of us have come out of Atumwa, which is amazing. But uh, so this story. Oh, it, real quick. Speaking yeah. of Hy-Vee, I wanted to interrupt you because um, we talked about this on a previous episode that, and we'll get into the story of like how yeah. we met, but <laughs> I, I come to work with you, for you, whatever you want to say. Which is super fun and, and amazing. <laughs> and I, I, I make this, this comment that you've created this culture where you legitimately truly care about everyone that works with you or for you. But then the the person that you credit teaching you how to care for employees also works with us. Yes. And now I work with he's my direct student. I work with him every day. And so I, if I'm not working with you, Mark Luke. I'm working with Mark. Oh, okay, okay. And like there's no bad days at work. Because no. I'm either working with you or I'm working with Mark, and both of you have the same mentality of like Oh my god, I love that for you, you know, guys. We gotta, and he works for me now. Yeah, in the full <laughs> circle on this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, wildly successful thirty-eight year career with High V, retires and just wants to work and mentor and teach people, and uh, that is just so amazing that you know he doesn't need to work, he nope. doesn't have to work, but he wants to work because he still feels like he has mentorship and coaching to give to people, and that is the most honest, wholesome thing. And that's why I love him so much is because when I worked for him, that's how he was. There was no screaming or yelling. There was Mm -hmm. coachable moments that never made you feel belittled, never made you feel bad about yourself. Just like, hey, saw what you did. I like it. Here's how you make it better. Yep. 
And that type of boss is just so rare that when he called me and said, hey, I'm not ready to be done yet. Yeah. I'm ready to be done with this part of my life and I want to move on. I'm like, yes, please come over here because I need your help. So many more people can be mentored and coached by you and you've you've lived it. It's yeah. just like this guy my makes you thing, want to be a better human being every day. My favorite thing about Mark is Mark and I will go to different high stores where he's just he's a god. He's yeah, a, he's a legend. Especially aim stores. Oh, he, and he walks always in. has this cop yeah. out thing where like we'll work in the the in the you know, one department and I'm like, Hey man, um, do you wanna like come back with me? Um, put, you know, cardboard away, put it in the compactor, put empty pallets away, and he's like, Nah, I can't help you with that. Sorry. Like if I go <laughs> if I go out on the floor, I'm gonna see a thousand people, we'll never get out of here. And I'm like, All right, I feel like you're just gonna sit in your sweet Honda and uh, just wait for me, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'll do all the work, Mark. It's cool. But no, that's a, that's just a you gotta go back to your truck and get your thousand pushups in or whatever you do. <laughs> yeah. Every day. I, I, I feel I, like I need to meet Mark. Luke. Yeah. Well, First I tried punching him in the Mark stomach Luke. and I broke oh, my fist. I broke my fist. old man. Yeah. Is I'm like, has... I heard a rumor that you did like, you do like a 2000 pushups a day. He's like, all right, maybe not that many, but he is does. he like a zaddy then? Is he? Oh, d- yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. the most yeah. handsome human being alive. Yeah. Okay. Mark Luke, I'm, I'm gonna, coming to meet you. I said I hope I, <laughs> I hope he sees us. I'll show him this. I'll be like, yeah. Mark, we talked about you. We think you're lovely. In, in, in a great way. So he, he's been such a mentor to so many people. But uh, yeah, so that Hyvie connection is strong, super strong. And it's a great connection. And uh, I still feel Hyvie in my blood. Yeah. Uh, the culture they created about that uh helpful smile in every aisle. I live and breathe that. Mm -hmm. I took that. And the whole never telling a customer, which I see too often, like, hey, it's an aisle 12. Good luck. Find it on your own. They would walk you over and they would pick it up, Mm -hmm. hand it to you because they knew once it was in your hand. Do you just need one? Or do you need more? Yeah, can I get you a case? You know, yeah, that's something that we we were taught at when I worked at Willis Automotive. It was like even like our not our, you know our salespeople like our lot attendants like if if you're out on the lot and someone's like hey I saw this car on the inter- internet like do you know where it is don't just like point to it and be like oh yeah it's down no. at this next building uh-huh. over like get in a golf cart like drive them there or you know have them follow you or whatever so yeah I completely understand that yeah. okay back to your story yeah. well, we'll get back into the okay. uh, the origin story of how we met later but aka Mark Luke we love you you're a zaddy oh, apparently I need to meet you <laughs> he's, he's the best but uh, this hotel story has been generational um, all the way since 43 is the way that it was told to me that uh, Tumwa is known for the regional airport and uh, that was actually a training airport during World War II. Okay. That uh, you don't just go fly in World War II. You have to train and do all those things. And naturally, Iowa was that resource because so many open fields. And honestly, when you're learning how to fly, you want to have open fields in case you crash. Of course. Because back then, it wasn't as precise a science as mm-hmm. you see today with you know commercial flights and whatnot. But uh, the story is legendary about uh, Room 638. That uh, the bride, so this whole story came to be, it sounds like Haunted Mansion a little bit. It's not quite that creepy. Maybe it is, actually. But uh, the mm-hmm. whole whole story goes to that uh, this couple was getting married. And, of course, he was uh, drafted into the war as an aviator. And they, were, they lived here. And uh, so he actually, this is tough. This is tough stuff. This is heartbreaking stuff that you see movies made about. 
was the fact that uh, they were going to get married and then he got drafted. Mm-hmm. But uh, he begged and begged to be able to fly back to get married because who knows what's going to happen at war. And uh, so he actually gave her just like, I, th- I think it was still telegraph is how it was told to me. We're, we're not talking about phones, emails at this point. Telegraph, like, hey, I got leave to come back and get married. So he was actually flying back in and they crashed here in Atumwa. So she was waiting to get married that day and they crashed that day because his leave was so short. Mm. And she stayed in 638 because the original four floor plans of the hotel overlooked the gazebo area. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's no. where they were going to get married. And all this has changed since then, you know. Sure. But when you look out that window, you see where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Which is just wild. And um, so she was actually delivered the news from that regional airport, which has changed locations. People don't talk about that, but whatever. It's history of Otomwa, that he had died coming back to get married. And she threw herself out the window in her wedding dress. And from that sixth floor, it was just like, I don't know what type of synergies or whatnot, but somebody on every floor saw her flowing wedding dress as she leapt just going through the area. Almost everybody recounted this as being in slow motion. So this is in 638? Huh? 638. We're in 538 right now, so literally right above us. <laughs> right awesome. above us. You Love motherfuckers that. gave Love us the window side? Oh my. That is, I didn't, <laughs> I even, hear I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because when we came down this hallway, it is mirror image yeah. to our- I, I didn't even think about that either until you just brought the- that's probably why I sent you to this room earlier. So wild. we're technically engaged right now. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about getting married today. And he kept being like, what's your room number? I'm going to go up there. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, 538, 538, not our 538. Room. Not our room. That's not my room. My room is 543. Mm-hmm. We, and so we he like sat down sat outside, outside of here. We, we sat outside knocking like, hey. Where hello? are you? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's so. nuts. But yes, also, um, I would I slept next to when last year when we were here, I slept next to the window. And it, although it was October, was the Jackson slept next to me. It was the most frigid night I had ever had of sleep ever. And that's where I was like, listen, I do a lot of like the spooky, haunted, love to make a connection things. That for me, when he told me that story, I was like, <laughs> first off, neck hairs standing straight <laughs> up. And no, thank you, sir. <laughs> before well, you guys we reject got anyone's in, energy. Before you guys got in, I was laying in bed with her and I'm like, I'm fucking freezing. And she's like, mm-hmm. not that cold. Yeah. It's not that cold. It's only like 60 degrees outside, which for Iowa in October is like summer, yeah, mind yeah. you. Balmy. So I, I told everybody the story last year and told Jackson everything and. The next morning he woke up, he pointed at the curtains that had literal, it looked like fingernail claws, claw marks, claw marks through them that were not there. That was enough. I slept in the bed, the other <laughs> cool. bed with the baby the next it's, bed. I was like, Mm-mm. <clears throat> no, it no. It is wild. But yes. anyway, that story is legendary. And I wanted that experience because <sighs> everybody loves spooky stuff. And I wanted him to have that experience. And just, I felt so bad the entire trip over here. I'm like, I forgot to reserve the room. And they, they, you lucked out. And it, that's just how do you make that happen? Is it, is it lucked yeah. out? Is fair, it? Fair. Yes. Yeah. Um, because so far, everybody is in our room currently at this time. <laughs> there is no one in 638. Yeah. But you should open up your curtains tonight while you're sleeping and <laughs> see what happens. 
I feel like this is <laughs> this is classic spooky movie stuff. It's, it's like there's there's a legit. little bit of good that makes you like forget the fact that like there's probably it's probably haunted. It's like in every like eighties slasher yeah. movie. It's like why are we in this cabin in the woods? Oh, because we're teenagers and we're going yeah, to lose we're our going, virginity. Yeah, well, we're going like, tubing tomorrow. Oh, Yay. we're in this haunted hotel and like yeah, that's probably gonna suck. We, we yeah. might get murdered by ghosts, but also like yeah. there's pretty good pizza. Well, when you're in like your <laughs> teens, twenties, and thirties, you're like oh spooky stuff that happens. But as you get older and you realize like people pass on and you start seeing signs and songs and things that make you remember them, you're realizing you're not that far from this life to the afterlife. There is a very thin veil between where they are and where you are in that moment in time. Well, it's it's an energy concept that energy fluctuates, moves to different things. Mm-hmm. But never is just gone. You it moves ask, to something else. You so. ask the universe for a sign. Yeah. Your ass better be ready to receive that. Sure. So you're No, I'm serious. My, like Are you ready for my hot story? <laughs> this, this, well, mine's a little <clears throat> more intense than yours. I'm just yeah. saying. So, I, it is. It is. Oh. So my, my, my question before you get into that one is is there any record, any any proof, anything to back up that other story that you just told us? I, I did legit Google and try to look up everything, and I couldn't find anything. But I'm also very much aware that records, very poor. Uh, sure. Conversion to digital from that mm-hmm. time frame, terrible. You've got to look at microfiche. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not yeah. trying to discount that at all because, hey, yeah, it very well could have happened. Um, we saw a hand raise over it, here. I just feel like uh did did you look? So did, yeah, I looked it up. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, come on. Especially with the Hawaiian shirt on. Hello, yeah. my friend. So uh I looked it up. There so far I haven't been able to find a story of that exact, but there's ballrooms down in the basement mm-hmm. where a woman in a wedding dress haunts it, and the hallways are haunted by a man who wears a suit. Oh sick. Kinda wild considering the story. Back of neck. Yeah, so I I love this kind of stuff. So if I react like, nah, it's more for like your personal effect. Yeah, edification. Yeah. Trust me, my first thing is to be like, that didn't happen, and then you start to think, and you're like, that actually sounds like that. That really could have happened. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's. mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. asked us about spooky season, we had some stories. Both of us have legit. So mine. Lay it on me. Yeah, mine. Still, I, I think about this all the time because hmm. it is verified uh, through police reports. And Ooh, yeah, that's and, my favorite. <clears throat> yeah, when, it's, when, it's legit. It's 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 there when you there's can, police records involved. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Oh, man. Uh, and my grandmother, who anyone that ever knew her in Ottumwa, I mean, patron saint of the world. I mean, I think maybe I heard her say a crossword when she burnt herself cooking one time. Am I watching a baseball that, game right now? Yeah. Is there <laughs> Phillies win? Phillies win. Slow grab. Slow grab. But uh, so my family is generational farmers. Right after World War II, everyone came here to farm. Uh, part of the family from California, Portuguese, German immigrants that uh, you know came here to farm in '46 or '47, right after the war. Super proud that both my grandparents. Uh, were World World War II veterans. Uh, My grandmother in the Waves, which was the nursing corps, Mm -hmm. and my grandfather, a Navy sailor, um, who met, got married in Chico, California, Sierra Nevada in the house. Uh, But they had a farmstead down by the river here in Ottumwa, kind of 
way back off of 63 to Bloomfield, people from this area would know that. So that farm backs up to the river. And they had a dairy barn for milking cows. Just It's just the process. And uh, I... In high school, I worked at Hy-Vee, which we've talked about, and I was so tired after work that I'd go to her house because it was so much closer to the store than my family's house in Eldon, which was further away, and at night, just deer everywhere. You, you don't want to drive sure. that. And uh, I was staying with my grandma because my grandfather had passed away, and uh, just I, I think it was for both of us just to have that comfort of each other during that time because, I mean, that was my... Um, my idol, you know, mm-hmm. the the strongest man in the world. You know, we're talking amateur boxing on the ship's, you know, <laughs> deck. This is like stuff that movies are made of, you know, just a hero. And uh, staying with her. And we had farm machinery that had converted this milk barn that we no longer had cows. And we had farm machinery in there. And the problem with that barn was it was open on the west side. So pigeons and birds would roost in there. And just devastate the paint and cause rust mm-hmm. and rot on the metal of the machinery. So it's just something my dad asked me to do. He's like, hey, do you mind at night before you go to bed in there to, you know, take your pellet gun and go out to the barn and take care of these roosting birds that would just, you know, it's just a mess. We don't want that around. It's like disease carrying birds and mm-hmm. stuff. So the best time to get them <laughs> is when they're roosting. You can literally, you know, with a pellet gun, just go along the line and take care of them all. And, uh. My uh, grandmother's cocker spaniel buddy would go out with me every night. He just loved it. He thought it was the best thing ever. After I'd shoot a pigeon, he'd go shake him. <laughs> it's just like it's like here you go, buddy. He's already dead, but you got him. Good job. <laughs> and you go, uh, bro. we went out there one night, and I don't know. It's just it's like a it's like a book or a movie that something felt different. And for the first time ever, my grandmother stood at the door. It's almost like she instinctively knew something was different about this night. And I just remember looking back at her staring at me as I went out there like, why is she out here? But then as I walked closer with him, it just, I don't know. It just felt like I was outside my body watching this entire thing as a movie happen. And as we walk in to go up the uh, old wooden stairs to the roosting area, it just, uh, buddy, the Cocker Spaniel just stopped, started shivering and literally wet himself right there. And I was really concerned that he was ill or going to have a seizure or something like that. And that he ran back to the house and I turn around um, and I look to my right and this woman comes out of the dark and it's not a movement like walking, not a movement like like gliding. It was just freaky, effortlessly gliding. And my, I can hear my grandmother screaming about this because she was just as startled as I. And I remember saying, who are you? She didn't say anything, but she had, I, I will never forget this as long as I live. In the sheriff's report, both my grandmother and I recounted the same exact description of the clothing, that it was a 19, early 1980s jogging gear, sweatband, wristband on one wrist. Mm-hmm. The other wrist was wide open lengthways just wide open and it was dry no blood just wide open and she had no eyes they were just sunken nothing there didn't say a word her mouth didn't move and she just glided past me as i 
backed away. And my grandmother's screaming and she had this old white portable phone, like the type that you put on the charger with the two silver prongs. <laughs> and she's calling the sheriff. Just, you know, you need to get down here immediately. And uh, we just kind of watched her just kind of go back towards the river. And I, I remember this distinctly. I remember the smell that night that had rained, you know, that that weird smell of earthworms. And uh, the and then she calls my dad and my dad's like 30 minutes away and he makes it there at eight. You know, just like one of the stories that he's got to be driving his truck on two wheels the entire mm-hmm. way down. <laughs> and at this point, my grandmother's got her 22 caliber old school revolver pistol out. Go, <laughs> Granny, like, go. Yeah, what, the, what the hell's going on here? And the sheriff comes down and <laughs> she tells him everything before me and just like. We, this is something's going on here. Can you see if there's a trespasser? Cause we lived on a dead end lane and he's like that entire way back to the river is complete mud. There are zero footsteps where, you know, footprints and no tire tracks, no bike tracks, no way that she got down to the river that, as you described, and they're documenting all this. And she's like, I saw it and I saw it too. And that was, I just, I got this feeling, um, this existential dread that uh, she had taken her life on our land and we never knew it because our dead end came from the city. And we actually, my grandfather had to post a dead end sign because it became lover's lane. Just people, (laughs) people would come down there all the time and you just see the headlights go out on this dead end lane. (laughs) And it's just, but I got the feeling of just distress and that she'd taken her life on our land and, and like something had happened at the river and that she was centralized to that location. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. I'm a factual numbers-based guy. And the fact that my grandmother saw that, witnessed that, then retold that story. I made her retell that to people <laughs> just so people wouldn't think I was making this up and it was wild or weird where I'm crying out for attention and just, you know, I still think about that and every detail is burnt into my mind. Did... You try to look into it after the fact oh, yeah. and and yeah. like try to line up like, is there someone missing from the area around that time? Yeah. And even then, that would have been um, 93, 94. So records Just aren't going to be terrible great. records. And I, I started to think about it, that jogging, um, it's close enough to town that if somebody was jogging that uh, and they decided to take their life, that... Uh, Nobody ever would have been able to trace them to our land. You said that this figure was wearing like a 1980s style tracksuit and gliding. It was like those is super it, short, short, like, like. Is weird... it possible that you and your grandma just fell asleep watching like roller jam? Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> except if we weren't watching Red Dwarf on PBS. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just going to throw it down right now. Yeah. She's cooking up the broth. We're splitting them down, frying them up, broccoli steamed. We are watching PBS. Are you being served or Red Dwarf? Mm-hmm. That was our jam back yep. then. So no, it's not mm-hmm. that. But I love PBS. Uh, yeah, PBS back then rocked. PBS even now still. Yeah, works. still, yeah. still do. But uh, yeah, that story um, is as real as it gets, and I appreciate the fact that she witnessed it because of the fact she was so well respected mm-hmm. and would never make up something like that. Then we have the sheriff's reports that all this happened. And I tried um, like trying to look for like, you know, like, have you seen this person? Are they missing? Because I was so drawn to what happened that I, I started to think 
like, okay, what has happened? Did sure. s- somebody go missing? Mm-hmm. Did well, I miss see something? Was she dehydrated? I tried to put it all together, you know. You because- have to remember though that also when it comes to the the alt rems that it doesn't even have to be somebody that has to be regionally close to you. True, yeah. That's where a lot of people don't understand when you're when you're on other astral planes. Oh. You have zero concept whether you're in Kansas, San Diego, New York, <coughs> Orlando, Montana. Yeah. You could be in Quebec and think that you're in you know South America mm-hmm. or South Africa. Those planes don't really exist at that time. You just kind of show up where you are. Yeah. And you show who you are. Where Do you, you think are. it was water connected? Because that's I've always had a feeling it was connected to the river. So in Because if you wanted to kill yourself and you wanted to make sure it was done, you would cut your wrist and then oh, jump sure. in a river. Yeah. Sure. You know, that that's all I could think about is that she didn't want to like die in somebody's barn or somebody's farm that she jumped into a river. So with the sense that <clears throat> I get off of it, and I'll explain my senses a little bit later close to this, is not that it was a dynamic of being close related to water. It was close to being related to an area of destitution, solemnness, being alone, finding a connection to a place where you didn't have any other bodies, spirits, people, animals bumping into you as much. It was an area that when you went out to be alone, you were alone. Oh, that's freaky. Do you feel a little chill off of that one? Because I sure the fuck did. That's a little chilly. (laughs) Okay. I don't know where that one came from, but that's where it came from. Yeah. Once again, comedic purposes here like not trying to take the piss out of your story no but i've always said that like so you you mentioned that like late 1970s 1980s outfit so yeah it could be pretty, 90s though pretty, even yeah pretty relatively recently this probably likely happened i always made the joke that like it seemed like an old horror movies that it was always like a Victorian style ghost. Yeah. It was always like big haunted house. Um, a, there's no haunted ranch style homes. That's the joke I've always made. Yep. <laughs> and uh, no such thing as a disco ghost. Uh, those <laughs> yeah. are the two jokes I've always made. There is and such then, thing as a haunted ranch style oh, home. I know. And there's no, so, also lots of disco ghosts. So I, uh, my wife and I recently watched um, Sinister for the first time. In <laughs> oh. the house that they uh, move into. Was it a ranch style home? Was it a ranch? Ethan Hawke is, it's uh-huh. a haunted ranch style home. And I was like, Damn it, Amy. My whole theory is blown up with this one movie. This just got All real. you have yeah. to do, if you want to find a haunted ranch-style home, find a ranch home that was built anywhere between 1961. Right. This is my home. And up. Sage your ass before you walk in there. I guarantee you. You're nope. going to find one aspect of the house where you feel cold, chilly, heebie-jeebie, pukey, or you're going to be like, we're, I'm going to just go, I'm going to, yes, oh, no, your house, I don't, that's why when we went to your basement, I walked the fuck we're out, I was like, second. toodaloos, I'm done, um, bye-bye, your, yeah. your basement has some vibes, your second story, I dropped a coat off and I walked straight out, I was like, no, thank you, when we had to get the coats, I sent Joe up to get them. I was like, Mm-mm, "Mama doesn't touch that spirit." I, don't know. Up there. I probably should have saged the house when we first moved in. But at the same time, like, 
Ignorance is bliss. Like. Sage, sage and bless, sage and bless. But let me tell you what you experienced: blowing out light bulbs, cold breezes, That's where finding we're at right now. random coins. You you see like you know your grandma's name is Rose, and you see like little little rose petals or little dandelions showing up places, little extra flowers. I'm gonna tell you, those are the messages you are subconsciously asking for that are showing up. So when you stayed there, did you see the light that flickers in our back living room? <laughs> okay, so we just replaced mm-hmm. that light bulb like mm-hmm. three weeks ago, and it's yeah. doing it again. Um, we had an electrician come out, and he's like, "Well, this addition was built in 2014. Like it, there there's no be issues, any, right? Well, there shouldn't be anything wrong with the wiring. Yeah. Like, it's not old wiring. Like you guys should be fine. You want me to come like, hang why out? Is it? He's like, "Why is it doing this?" And I'm like, "He's like, I don't know. I have no idea." Yeah. I, I could probably Enjoy hang out of your house, house for about 30, 40 minutes and I could I could tell you who exactly why yeah. that issue was my, happening. My wife is like, that's, that's always what she jumps to. She's like, oh, the electrician can't explain it? <laughs> gotta be ghosts. Well, here's the thing. You have to realize, I'm guessing at this age, and, and I know you guys are still very young, but one of you has had someone pass, whether it's a grandparent, mm-hmm. aunt, uncle. And one of you probably thought they were the brightest, shiniest person in your life. Mm-hmm. And that is them. Nine oh. times out of ten. Saying, hey, do you see me? So, you want to know I'm here? Hello, motherfucker. Yeah. This is a so, high. Brightest, shiniest person I've ever met. Uh, I think <laughs> I told you this story when we were at Flick's Brew House, but I don't think I've ever told it on the podcast. So... Never really believed in the afterlife. Not the most religious person. No, uh, grew up in the church, but then <laughs> uh, in the same week that I met my biological father, who was a Buddhist, and then my brother came out as gay, mm-hmm. um, we went to church that following weekend, and then oh. our pastor was like, so if you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. And I was Woo! like, I feel like this might be directed at my biological father. And then, um, and then they were like, also like... Being gay is an abomination. And my brother and I just looked at each other and we're like, I think we're sinners. We might actually be sinners. <laughs> Here's the thing. If I'm going to go to hell, I'll save you a yeah, seat like, first class. We never went back. So yeah. um, my grandfather, uh-huh. I, I never believed in like the afterlife, but like my grandfather, um, born in 1948. So keep that in mind. Very important. Uh, passed away on- What's his name? Uh, Terry. Okay. Passed away. Uh, on October 29th, 2011. Okay. <laughs> so keep that in mind. October 29th, uh-huh. your birthday. Yeah. Um, and, and, and his and, name is Terry. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 2017? 17. Um, my son, Kenta, is born. Mm. And he is born on October 29th. Wow. Weird. Literally, like, if you look back at my Instagram from that day, years ago, the first post is like, really miss my grandpa. Like, he died on this day. Like, uh, welcome to the world. Six years ago, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then the last post of the day is like, oh, and by the way, my son was born two weeks early, like, unexpected, right? We had a planned C section, and he just decided, nope, I'm coming today. Shocker how that all yeah. works so, out. Grandpa dies on October 29th. And my son is born on October 29th. Mm-hmm. So already a creepy coincidence to begin with. Yep. Then, so like, you have a 1 in 365 chance of yeah. that happening, right? Not a, not a big chance Not a all. huge chance at all. No. Even less of a chance that my grandfather is born in 1948 
and my son is born at 7.48 p.m., 19.48 in military time, right? <gasps> wow, um, even bigger of a shocker. Oh, crazy. And no then signs. My ex-wife and I were unbelievably poor uh-huh. to the point where we got on Facebook Marketplace and we got a used car seat. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let us take our baby home in this car seat because it had the label. I remember on, the story. Gone on the yeah. side. So we were like, I don't know. We do not have the money to get a new car seat. We just, we're very poor. Um, and there's a social worker working in the hospital. And she's like, let me know if you guys need anything. And we're like, well, here's the deal. Like, we can't afford a car seat. And she's like, I'm going to I'm gonna find you one. So she mm-hmm. goes out and she buys a brand new car seat and brings it to us. And Damn. we are just, we're so grateful. And we're getting ready. We're packing up Kensa, who had been in the NICU for 10 days at this point. Um, we finally get ready to leave. And I'm like, hey, like, thank you for everything. Like, what, what's your what's your name? And she's like, my name's Terry. And so we're all, we're freaking out. It's like all, all of these coincidences. And what day did you end up leaving the NICU? Ooh, uh, let's see. It was 10 days after. So November 8th. Yeah, something like that. November There's 8th, 31 yeah. days in October. Yeah. So is that the eighth? November eighth or ninth? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Hey, okay. Hey, Sorry, hey, I'm just I'm. Anybody I've in got here dots. have uh, birthdays on November eighth? <clears throat> my, my twins are born what? on November eighth. My that's dad's awesome. my dad's birthday is November eighth. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, wait a second, hold on. I see. Yeah, we're probably secretly related somehow. I yeah. no, I see. It's not related. It's, the resemblance is uncanny. You have to see <laughs> astral planes German as they ocean. connect yes. through the times. Because his twins, November 8th, is my dad's <clears throat> birthday. Is the day your babies went home. Mm-hmm. I'm just, sorry. This is, yeah. it's connection, and I will I will explain this a little more in my just a My first baby, my oldest son, uh, Kingston, he was a, a dream baby. He, no problems with the entire pregnancy, um, was born on a Thursday. We went home on a Sunday. It was WrestleMania. Also a crazy coincidence, am I right? Yeah, um, whoop, whoop. Previous and- wrestling career. We'll talk about more about that <laughs> so, later. Yeah. We won't. Um, Corey. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that whole experience with like him being in the NICU and like all of the coincidence, coincidence surrounding it, I was just like, oh, someone's, someone's looking out for me. I don't know if I believe in like the afterlife or heaven or whatever, but okay, you the universe you. is giving me something. You Matt, never Matt. told me that story really? either. Yeah. The yeah, universe crazy. didn't give you something, sir. I'm so sorry. I love you long time. I think you're amazing. I'm so sorry. Your son was born on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the social worker name that helped you out yeah. to transport your child home mm-hmm. was Terry. Yep. I, I do I need to be like the minions like burr, burr, burr. I, I mean, mean like yeah. Huh. yeah you I mean you didn't even ask for a sign you were just right. given so many blaring ones yeah. it's just yeah. where that well, is well it's the mathematics I for being such a logical guy I see oh, a lot of these connections kills me but I can, I can stop it every time you know when you talk about the mathematics yeah <laughs> you just see things connecting mathematically well the, like and, and that was the thing too like we kind of touched on this but like so he was supposed to be born two weeks later yeah and like out of all the days it happened to be october 29th and like yeah. he was supposed to be born november i don't know what it comes out to you like the 13th or whatever we had mm-hmm. a scheduled c-section and uh i was down for the weekend because kaylee's birthday is the 25th yeah. and she was on bed rest so she was in des moines with her family 
someone that could watch her at all times. And I was in where our house was near Carroll, Iowa. And so I would only come down on the weekends. So I came down for her birthday and stayed like a long weekend. We're laying in bed, taking a nap. We wake up and I was like, pretty sure you pissed the bed. And, or no, she said that. She woke up. She's like, I'm pretty sure I, I peed myself. And uh, I like, put my fingers in it. Like, You're I like the sappy. It, and I was like, nope. Let's nope. go to the hospital. Right meow. <laughs> Let's go have a baby yeah. because the universe is showing me a sign I yeah. don't want to see. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Was, was, was uh, that a fava? Was, Me- that? was that a fava from Super Troopers meow? Reference? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, did we drop a meow? Yeah, yeah. we we did, we Always. did. Yeah, it's it's. One I don't of, know if you've ever watched our show or listened to our show, but like the faint meowing of kitties in the background is just like it's it's our it's our calling card. Like, Here's it's the what thing. We're known for. If, Thanks, Momo. Yeah, exactly. Are those? If you need a meow, <laughs> are, we we are those have ghosts that's gonna be like in the background. She, she oh, sounds no. like she's saying hello. Sometimes so she'll she'll meow. She meows so loud you can hear outside. But when she's looking for Joe, it sounds like. Hello, hello, yeah. and yes. that's how Joe says when he gets home. He's like, "Hello, hello," and I was like, "She's calling for you." And this is the most hateful cat on the planet. Mm-hmm. I, I love you, long time ghost, but I know you're gonna fucking murder muffin me in my sleep. But that's not my cat, and she only loves Joe and Mason and Jackson, and that's it. My favorite thing now is that we have video, is that Corey just cuts to Momo, like, walking from camera to camera across the living room. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Kentays. Yeah. So So, we had your story. Yeah. Let's do this one. I have to use a restroom break really quick. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I'm going to use a restroom break. But I'm going to need all of you kitties to buckle in for this because I do have medium experience. I do have, we have a census. So I need everybody to, that's what I tell Joe. I said, I don't ask questions I already know the answer to because the universe tells me the answers before he does. Oh, so there was a a psychic and a tarot card reader at Halloween Palooza. I I didn't see that. I would love to challenge them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, the first thing is like, I'm going to go up and be like, introduce myself. And she's going to be like, what's your name? And I'm like, don't Shouldn't you already, you already know? know that? Here's the thing. Us as, as, as mediums and people that hear things from the other side, our justification is that we should not know what your names are. We should not know your entire life story. We are here to find our, it's like I said, the connection dots, the 29th. Mm-hmm. When you told me that with the 29th, I'm like, oh my God. And then the whole Terry story. And I'm like, holy Christ. Yep. And then you kept going further, and I was like, oh, my God, Linda, you're not ready for this. But it's also like Joe and I have ran – how many times have we ran into each other? What's that? How many times have we ran into each other before we like – A bunch. A bunch. We have ran into each other for probably the past 20-plus years years before we finally got together. Yeah. So different pool leagues – it just, it was insane. Restaurants. Like, I, I worked in a restaurant. He used to come and frequent pool leagues. He used to go to the same place we used to pool league at. We've been to different events and concerts and things before we finally connected. Thank you so much, Tamara. We love you so much. <laughs> Bless your beautiful soul for finally making this happen in VIP of a concert. But other do. than that, yep. after we've known each other, I was like, four years, there's no way. We've what, actually what known each other. was this? Maren Morris. Maren Morris. Mm-hmm. Girls were on the world tour. Evidently, the bones were good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, Son of a bitch. <laughs> and, 
And and driving your car was was definitely our church. So I'm gonna use the restroom, and yeah. then I'm gonna tell you my medium experience Ugh. and why I do not. I don't like it. Ask questions that I don't know the answer to because nine times out of ten, I already know the answer. <sighs> and my kids know it too. Look at him; so he's smirking. Like he's like, "Damn it, I know it." <laughs> All right, let's All right, So well. Well, she's taking a break. Um, What's your spooky story? Oh, I and see, I can't remember how I've told some of these stories before because I got a few. We tell stories over all the time. I know. Okay, but so you never you never told it on video. Oh, fair point. Okay, so um, I lived in Dallas Center at the time. Gross. Hey, Dallas Center ain't bad. DC. I've actually never been there. <laughs> um. So, the way this story was told to me was from my dad. And if we know my dad, my dad's... Okay, never mind. Yeah, right? So, um, I thought this was going to be the 9-11 tape No, 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 story. no, 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 no. Um, it, it's it's yeah. the Ouija board one. I uh, haven't heard this story. No? No. Ugh. Okay, so... I don't fuck with Ouija boards. Nope. nope. Blow out that candle. Shut so, that portal. So when I lived in Dallas Center um, with my family, and this is shortly after high school, um, I just kind of moved to the basement, and um, I ended up leaving uh, when I moved out, and it was uh, just my parents, uh, my sister, and my brother. Um, my dad had told me the story. He's like, Trevor, there's... Something freaky happened, and like, I don't know. My dad can hit or miss with some of these stories, and and it, I don't know. I sometimes it's hard to believe him, but for some reason, I, f- I feel like this is pretty legitimate. Um, my sister had had friends over the night before. They got a Ouija board, uh, was fucking around with it, and then, you know. Everyone went their separate ways. Uh, but they didn't never put it away. Blow out the candle. Um, so my dad goes down into the basement the next morning to go do the laundry. It was like a crucial plot point in Talk to Me. Yeah. He's blowing out the candle. You yeah. Shut the portal. Have you seen that movie yet? No. Fantastic. Legit. I, I've heard good was not as scary. Was Spoiler. not as scary as you said it was going to be, I thought. But very well done. Sorry to interrupt. No, but no, yes, you're that's fine. The, that's the whole point of the movie is like... Spoiler they, alert. Yeah, they There's think... There's no spoilers they think there. That basically what happens is like something terrible happens and okay. their whole thing is like, oh, did we blow out the candle? Like, did we close that portal? <gasps> oh, and, uh, you're talking about oh. to me. Yes, but the movie's great. You okay. need to watch it. So That is the number one movie I recommend to all of my bar clients to watch. I said that is the one that has had the most... <sighs> Got you freak out scene that I have seen in a very long time. And I said, if you can make it through it without having to like take a break, pause or get. Is it the scene in the hospital? No. The one Mm -hmm. when they're at the house. Yeah. That scene got me where I was like, mama's had enough. We're going to hit pause. The one at the hospital, I was like, oh, fuck. Yep. But the one at the house was where I was like, pause, time out, mama, I don't watch paranormal yeah, t- movies. Too much, too much. Yeah. Yeah, too and much. I tell him I don't watch it because I'm so in tune with it that I have to like, 
take a step back. Yeah, she'll, she'll look over and just like, okay, it's time to stop this. Yep, it is because I'm reaching too far you into know. my own, what I can feel myself. Yeah. All right. Ouija board. Do it. Sorry, yes. Ouija board. So uh, my dad goes down to do the laundry, notices the Ouija board still laying out on the coffee table. Yeah. So he goes to put it away, um, gets it pulled up, put it in a box, you know, sets it on the entertainment center, uh, you know, in the corner, goes mm. to do laundry, uh, you know, throws things in the dryer, puts things in the washer, comes Nobody- back out, and as he's... Um, as he's going to go up the stairs, he looks over into the the main room where all that was um, and sees the Ouija board. It's on the corner. On display. Because you want to know why? I'm going <sighs> to tell you right now, my first thought that came to head is whatever is touching your Ouija board is saying nobody puts baby in a corner. So they came after that movie came out. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Uh, like, corner. again, I I don't... It's hit and miss with my dad with his stories, but I, I do feel like this is a legitimate one. Ugh. Nope. That one told me nobody puts baby in a corner. I'm not going there. Okay. If they're a self-displayer, they like to be a flamboyant. Whatever is touching that is saying, I want to be seen. I am meant to be seen. Yeah, you want flamboyant well, he, shit. Well, he said he saw it. He's like, nah. And then like went upstairs, didn't fuck with it. I don't know what happened to it or, or where it was put or whatever. I'm in the personal mindset. I don't fuck with you Ouija gotta boards. Take better. I don't want yeah, it. So, you gotta take better care of your Ouija boards. This is not a game so of like Uno. You we know, have, like, we even have though two, it's owned by Milton Bradley. Yeah, maybe we have that. two Ouija boards. So our, our my stepdaughter, Audrey, was very interested in getting one. So I got her one. I got her one from Barnes & Noble. This was just a month and a half ago. Yeah, roughly. It was a month and a half ago, and when I got it, I felt something tell me inside, like, this isn't your board. And I was like, well, we got it. It's good. It's fine. We went on date night, not even two, three days later after that. And I, we were walking, and they were like, we're closing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, is that a pick her nose here in Des Moines? And I was like, yeah. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and I turned, and I was like, there's something. And he's like, mm, this one looks kind of empty. And I said, no, there's something. There's something. Sure enough. Yes, yeah, right there. 1972 Ouija board. And I looked at him and I said, I picked it up and I said, this wants to go home with us. And it was the only thing we bought there that night. I took it home. So in front of our entertainment center is the Barnes & Noble one? Yep. On the right side or left side. And right side is the 1972 one. Uh, and I sent him a photo later that night. <laughs> of French our little Frenchie Oliver freaking out barking at the 1972 marbles at the 1972 one he is I didn't sage it before it came center. in because I've said whatever's attached oh. to this isn't harmful it's not a bad it's not a bad vibe I get off of this one but he still feels something off of it sure Stranger. but he was up there and I sent him a picture and I was like I was, like, I was I, like Oliver feels it ugh. And so that is one one night. So we have we have obviously Halloween coming up here shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I feel we're gonna light a few candles. Okay, so let's get to your story next. <laughs> I have another story I want to tell after. Okay, so I want to get your thoughts on it. So my, I'm gonna give a little background and a little story on on me who I am. So I'm Amanda, and I have experienced mediumism 
I can't see what that is, baby. Oliver. Is that Oliver? That is Oliver. Our nine-year-old is sitting over there with the twins and hanging out. Um, so I have experienced mediumism for a very, very long time. And it is also one of those that my children have experienced for a very, very long time. My daughter, Olivia, I love her a long time. She is 15. Um, after my mother passed, probably almost 15 years ago, I would catch her talking at the end of bed. And I'm like, oh, what's she doing? She's like, I'm talking, I'm talking to Grandma Alice. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. my mother's name is Alice, by the way, if we haven't caught that fact. Uh, and I'm like, okay. And she's like, she doesn't like your nose ring at all. She and every time I've gone to a medium, they've always mentioned my nose ring. They that my mom does not like. That's the number one her thing that she says is she hates my nose ring. Oh, yeah. she's her her mom is a marine because by the way we don't say yeah. was. My 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 mom and my dad always, were marines. Yep. You're always a marine. Yeah. yeah. So during this, I had never had a medium connection with my mother. So I was trying. I was opening up those channels. I was saging. I was doing meditation. I was opening up chakras. I was like, we can do this. We can we can engage in conversation with your mother because as as a girl, that's that's what you want. It's what you want. You want your mom. You want them there for all of your events. And I maybe went a little too deep. And I was like, okay, we are clearing everything out. Let's do this. And one night I'm laying in bed with my ex-partner. This was probably eight years ago, and I feel a little tug on my my hip, my sheets. And I was like, mm, it's probably my big fat-ass cat phantom trying to <laughs> hop his little way up in bed. And then I go to feel around, and I'm like, there's no phantom. I was like, okay, well, maybe he didn't make the mark because Hims, Hims was a big boy. He was quite hefty. And then all of a sudden I felt a tug again, and I was like, that's not a cat. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Feeling around. And I was like, universe, if this is a sign, send me a sign that someone's trying to connect to me. And I felt an even bigger tug on the sheets over my hip. And I was like, okay, we're closing down all signals. I do not want anything. My heart is pounding. I turn all the lights on in the room and I'm like, okay. What the fuck? just happened because I felt like I was having a poltergeist paranormal experience and I was not comfortable with this because I had never had this before. I had had ear buzzing. I had had verbiage come to my ears. I had had feelings come to me, scents come to me. I'd had all of those medium essences come to me, but I didn't have actual like physical things happen to me. And so that freaked me as well as anybody else would, the fuck out. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Couldn't sleep, had the lights on. I was like, this is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're good. We're closing down all signals. I don't want any more for the rest of the evening. Thank you, universe. I'm good. I don't need any more. Thank you. The next day, I go to tell the person I was with at that time about this. And they're like, okay, so um, I'm not sure what poltergeist bullshit you got into, but the light behind you was flickering the whole time you were telling me this story. Um, so I'm going to suggest we don't do this anymore. 
Um, and then me being a nosy bitch as I am, I decided, okay, I'm going to take this a step. (laughs) I'm going to take this step further. So I contacted a friend. Her name was Sumner. And Sumner told me that it was actually my dad that was trying to connect to me. And it wasn't my mom. Um, because my dad is a person that keeps showing up in all of my past lives and he is a storyline in all of my lives of things and obstacles I need to overcome and grow through, heal upon. Um, and so that is my challenge spirit. Because when you go to soul school, you're learning to assign yourself to a person and a scenario and you have your own challenges you sign up for. Okay. So he was mine. And I'm like, okay, because in the past life, I was actually their parent and he was my child. There's a whole synopsis behind all of this. Um, dig a little deeper into your 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 past life stories because we all have past soul schools that we have been through. Yeah. But you you go through and you you teach and assign yourself to different things and lessons you want to learn and grow through as a person. And mine was this time as I wanted to learn how to heal, heal myself, heal my heart. So that is my my life journey this time around. And. Um, I have to learn to start trusting my instincts. And my instincts were, if you feel something, that's a thing. If you sense something inside your body, that's a thing. And Joe will tell you, I have spidey sense. Like, when my spidey sense goes off, it's not wrong. It's real, too. As Jackson can tell you, if I ask you a question, I usually know the answer to it. All of my kids will tell you that. They're like, she already knows. I don't have to... <laughs> we're we're not trouble. even gonna we're I'm not even trouble. gonna fuck around with that shit. We already know the answer. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. Um, it's like when you hear a humming in your right ear that is coming from the matriarch side, and is usually also a sign of you're on the right path. But if you hear a humming in your left ear, it's patriarch side trying to send a message, or it's a negative, and you should not be going with what you're thinking during that time frame. FYI's. eyes. Hmm. Okay. So there are signs and symptoms. If you ask the universe for a sign, she will show up. But do not ask unless you are ready for your ass to receive that message. Because if you're asked, like, I want to see a sign of roses, and you see like some rose petals, you're like, mm, no, I need a bigger sign. That's not that's I need I need the universe to show me up and show me a sign. You see a bouquet of roses, somebody gets delivered. Mm, no, that's not my sign. I need something bigger. She's going to show the fuck up. I'm going to tell you this. The universe is like karma. She does not need help getting served. She will show up. And you should listen the first time. <laughs> because otherwise she's going to be an obvious girl. Okay. So that that is my little spooky ghost story and that's also why um as joe can attest i blow through light bulbs because ever since my dad and my sister because my dad and my sister passed within three months of each other so ever since then i always blow through light bulbs our our light in the bedroom turns on randomly middle of the night yeah we were laying there um so 11 55 is my dad's time of death and there was one night we were laying there and um it was right after i told audrey the story of my my dad showing up and pulling on the sheets and everything that night when her and mason were sleeping in our room with the girls the the light turned on and go joe i'm like joe 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 and he's like what 
And I'm like, the light is on. He's like, why? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Turn it off. We could not um, find the remote for probably it was just at least a month. Awkward, yeah. Month, month and a half. And then all of a sudden it just rose, randomly showed up sitting on a dresser. Sure. Just on the dresser that we have already, you know, checked 75,000 times a day. Yeah, did you notice that <laughs> that flickering light? If you look at it, it'll stop flickering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Don't like that one bit. Okay. So how, get- how are you feeling about things? You you look a little. I mean, like you're a little twitchy. You're a little edgy. So I like this kind of stuff. Um, I I do believe in right it. now. He's like, I'm fine. And then you guys leave, and we tear down everything. We get ready to go to bed. Please hold me. And so and so honestly, I want to tell you. I feel like I have a message for you when we get done for here. But oh no, I'm I'm interested. I have a and it feels like <sighs> a familiar message. So okay. it's 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 a female family member message. No oh, for Austin, please. Oh. But I don't know. I don't actually, and I feel kind of rude because I don't. I don't know your name. Tre- Trevor. 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 It's Robert backwards. Robert backwards. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> My dad didn't want a third Robert in the family, so here that's I am. Really cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. There's, yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel, like, there, oh, there's oh, just oh. all I hear on the right side right now is just like a hee. <laughs> so, um, I got, I got a good story in, in, in 100%, like, with, you know, all my heart, uh, uh, like, I believe this actually happened. Like, I'm not, it wasn't a dream or anything like that. Um, Years ago, when I was uh, living with a friend, uh, we slept on, uh, we slept in their living room uh, on their couch. And so, um, it was in Orient. Gross. I know. I don't even know. Where's, where's Orient? Southwest Iowa. Oh. Near Creston, Iowa, if you know oh. what that is. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with Creston. So, Body boy. What's right with Creston? <laughs> I, got a, I got a thousand things I can tell you that's wrong with Creston. So. People. Uh-huh. So, uh, sleep on the couch. Uh, and I, I very, very vividly remember this. I remember uh, being asleep one night. And then waking up, but I wasn't where I was sleeping. I was standing in like the dining room area, looking into the living room where I was laying down. So it, it was almost like an out of body experience. No, something like no. that. You were on an astral plane. Here, I'm gonna tell you this right now. You are on an astral plane. So here's the thing. This is this is what always freaked me out about it, right? And mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it other than I remember being in that dining room, looking into the living room, seeing myself sli- like sleeping on that couch. And I'm gonna describe this as best I can because it's really hard to try to nail down an uh, an accurate description. Um, there was something above me. Mm-hmm. 
It was it there was no physical form, no physical shape. It wasn't but it, it wasn't like smoke either, you know? But it was white, cloudy, and murky. No. It it was just this black mass floating above me. Oh, that, and that, I, that ain't creepy. Like I said, oh. it, it it didn't have um like airy, wispy, smoky, Mm-mm. anything like that. It, it didn't have a physical form. It was just like a spot or something, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, and I remember that I remember being there for a few minutes, just seeing it. Like, I don't feel like I was asleep, if I'm being honest. You weren't. Um, and then just nothing. I I remember getting up, but I don't remember waking up. Um, I tried explaining it to my friends. They had no idea what to what to make of it, and I mean they were they were a bit freaked out. I, but I, I don't know. I just that's something that I've told very few people. Um, well, now forty five million people hey. just listened. So <laughs> can I yeah, yeah, yeah. projectively jump in? So what? you were in was technically a different astral plane. So when we're on astral planes, the things we see there, I don't want to say it's like, like, um, what's the show you watch? The stranger things where it's like, you're in the upside down world. So although it looks like a black mass above you, it's when you flip it on the mirror side, it's going to be white and cloudy. So what was above you was something that was trying to, obviously, it's like a soul spirit. But that one wasn't your soul spirit. That was something that was trying to be like, hey, let me imprint. Have you heard of imprinting before? Mm -hmm. Not from Twilight. No, no. Okay. just going to say that. This is, this is a different type of imprinting. So sometimes when you are your soul and spirit that is out there rolling around, you're going to find the actual soul and spirit that is your paired partner that's going to try to imprint on you. So during that time, I'm guessing this is an assumption, and you can confirm or deny on any way you want to. Yeah. You were going through a depressive, lonely feeling like you were on your own. I'm guessing maybe like post breakup or right before a relationship during time frame. Yep, it's called being a millennial. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're all in those phases. <laughs> and everyone could be like, oh, my God, we're going through that all the time. But like, no, this is one of those like dark, heartening moments before you start hitting an epiphany and start striding up in life. This is one of those where you can have an export soul come in and say, okay, I'm going to assign the energy I need to take on my life this time to another person because I'm guessing you were probably in a depressive state. Not possibly. Not I- not maybe feeling like the super best about yourself. If, if I can try to narrow it down, uh, I mean, it- 
it's hard to say around what time it, it was necessarily, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I could. They weren't they weren't your brightest and shiniest days. Sure. So this is a time where a soul assigns themselves to say, "Hey, I'm going to it's express myself into this person." And then after that time frame, I'm going to guess within three to six months, things started to get a lot better. You started to try it out a little bit more. You started to feel like, okay, maybe I'm not a shit ass human being and I can actually do life like a normal quote unquote adult. And things started looking a little bit more upwards from there. Possibly. So that's just one thing I want you maybe to like, in the next couple of days, sit back and reflect about and maybe think like, is this that time frame that maybe I was thinking of? Because souls have that option when they're coming from their quote unquote soul school before they get their assignments to say, hey, instead of taking on a human life form, I am um, this time I would like to take on giving the energy I have into a person refinding themselves and growing and giving themselves a second chance versus just opting out. Hmm. Okay. Something to think on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was was that a Disney Pixar movie? <laughs> I wish it were. I wish Disney would get this deep. If they would, I would love it to be able to help write a storyline for it. The but that's Soul. off of the... I, mean, I haven't seen Soul, so okay. I, I don't know the Dis- reference. I, I wish this was Soul. Soul is not Soul. Soul was just looking for themselves at that point. He had already kind of found out. I'm guessing you had already. I don't mean to refer to you. He, you yeah, yeah. Fine. had already figured out like kind of who you were. But I'm guessing you were at a very dark place, deep place at that time. And then you kind of maybe started to rebound slowly and softly right after that experience. Because you started looking and saying, okay, (laughs) there is more. I am more. I can be more. I can give more. And that's mostly what souls want to do in this life is they don't want to get and get and get and get. They don't want to have and have and have and have. They want to give and give and teach that's what our souls are meant to do they're not meant to get billions and billions of dollars we are here to help and teach and awestruck and brain simp people into being like listen just listen to yourself just be who you are and grow and don't be scared to, because I love being the biggest fucking weirdo in the group. Like, sometimes when I talk to people, they're like, <laughs> what is she talking about? And then, <laughs> then they go home and they think about it and they're like, oh, maybe she's not wrong. You like being the biggest weirdo in the group? I love being the biggest it, weirdo in the group. Is it hard hanging out with Joe all the time then? <laughs> It takes a weirdo to know a weirdo. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) No, because Mark Luke taught me to be better. Yeah, he's like, you remember that whole thing about? If you're gonna be a weirdo, be the 
best weirdo you can yeah. be. Let this be a teachable moment. Do it yes. again. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you that thing about cultivating like a, a positive culture. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's it's one of those like My I've always energy just got negative. <laughs> I think this is why people are always so super attracted to have conversations with me because they're always like, I don't know you, but like you're different. And I was like, yeah, because I don't really give a flying fuck what anybody else thinks. That's a fact. I, love, I literally I don't. love this kind of thing. So like, like, yeah, I was supposed to tell you that like my wife loves you. And <laughs> I loves, love hers loves too. Missy Collins. And I was like, is it because Mandy will tell you how it is? And yes. Like Missy will just skip that step and stab you. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the thing. As quick as Missy is to shank, I'm twice as fast. I promise you. Um, you try to hurt anybody I love's feelings. I am the number like we we were downstairs earlier and they're like, there's this guy roaming around saying things. And I was like, listen, first off, my right hook is sharper than any of you guys is. Okay. Love your 40 mm-hmm. plus asses, but I've got you all day. It was we're but, getting to the end of our time. I love how Joe's like, I am a sharp 37. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eight, 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 nine years ago. Wow. How old, are you? <laughs> how old are you? 45. Really? Yeah. Right? He's you a desk jockey. Look, look at that. Yeah, look at that beautiful face. You definitely don't, don't act it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, no. Yeah. Fucking yeah. for sure. Well, I, I love that you said that you guys like being weirdos because, like, you fit right in at it's, the Ice yeah. Cream Sunday podcast because we're just a bunch of weirdos. Here's the thing nobody wants to be the it girl or the it boy or <laughs> that's the. That's not me. I'm okay. Here's the thing I, I love people that are that and can be that, but also at the same time, like, we're a blended family of eight kids, mm-hmm. two dogs, yep. a very hateful murder muffin cat, and we have a 12-foot Arnold mummy animatronic in our front lawn right now. I love it. I, went I love for it so much. A, I went for a paint roller his, and we came home with that. His name is Arnold Vosloo. From yeah. South Africa, the yeah. actor that portrayed yes. Emotep um, and, in The Mummy. And this is this is my day-to-day uh, life. for that one. I like that. I, I never know what I'm going to come home to. <laughs> and neither does he, because he's like... I understand. He's like, what's, what's, how's your day going? I'm like, hmm, mixed bag. So, last story, because we are getting close to the end of our time. Yeah. It's not spooky, um, but it is a weird butterfly effect story let's hear it all right oh so, i know wait 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 wait. so uh oh. we we get this incredible opportunity to go to des moines con oh yes we love des moines con. and uh which started as a joke it was like wouldn't it be funny if like we got a booth at des moines con uh-huh. and then this one takes everything i say way too seriously and she's like why don't i just she's like why don't i just you want to just, yeah, like, just fill an application like why don't we just why don't we stop talking about it and just do it? Yes, um, because which, you know what? Here's talk is cheap. Dude, action pays up. That's why like, I call her the business manager of the podcast. Yes. Because there's so many times that we'll get on the microphone and we'll be like, God, wouldn't it be cool? And then Heather's just like, yeah, it would be Got cool. It. Why don't I just do it? <laughs> She's like, it's not going to be cool. Actually, it's going to be it's, fucking yeah, epic. Exactly what you said. It's not even like a, I might as well just do it. Usually it's like, well, I already did that. So yeah. it was just perfect. Done so and done. we go to Des Moines Con mm-hmm. and we had this super successful first day. Uh, yes. We meet Ming Chen. We do an uh, episode with Ming Chen. Um, just meet the nicest people. Do all the networking in the world. It's super, super busy. So we're... Um, getting a bunch of new followers and selling Yay! a bunch of stickers and t-shirts buy, and whatever. Buy merch, buy merch, Thank buy you. merch, buy merch. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Link, link so in the comments. We, T-shirts. We go back to the apartment. Um, Trevor and Heather's apartment, a.k.a. our podcast studio, a.k.a. the, the Creamery. And, mm-hmm. uh, Where dreams come to life. And uh, what's up, Cream Pies? And uh, so... I, uh, <laughs> So, oh, we're no. <laughs> so we're editing. So we're editing. We all started this cream pies. It's okay. Um, <laughs> all day, so every day. We, uh, good God, this is off the rails. So <laughs> we recorded the intro to the Ming Chen episode, and I'm editing the podcast, and I'm getting just zooted off Sunny D vodka seltzers, right? Whoop, whoop, and Sunny D vodka seltzers. If you don't have one, go buy yourself today. They're available in four packs all day, every day. They are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so we so we come back the second day for Des Moines Con and it was pre- I feel like it was like mid morning right we hadn't even really been at our booth that long no and it was super early I've always said that Joe and I are both loud and charismatic enough in comic book convention settings that we would have a, you stopped at every booth you you are that yeah. way I've, I saw you today mm-hmm. at Palooza. you stop at every booth you talk to every exhibitor it's awesome you and I definitely would have met Mm-hmm. But had you not been wearing that particular bright orange Sunny D Vodka Seltzer t-shirt, I never would have been like, hey, you, tall man in the hat, come talk to me. Here's a story about we just tried Sunny D Vodka Seltzers for the first time. It wouldn't have led to you telling me what you do for a living, being very, very passionate about your job, and then me, on a whim, less than 48 hours after I met you in person, was like, hey, man, um, so I hate my job, <laughs> and... Uh, my boss is really mean to me, and I would like a job where my boss isn't mean to me. And you were like, let's do it. And I quit my job that day. I'm going to sidebar all of this, by the way, to just say that during that time when Tall Sunny D-Man was like, I don't know if I should wear this shirt. I was like, wear the shirt. I've got the extra in my cart just in case, because in case Poppy spits up, we could go. Because we're wrangling two under two. And these guys are over here. And then I meet his wife and I meet the other moms there. And I'm looking at bluey little magnets and yep. finger puppets at the same time. And they're all chatting and cathing. And <laughs> During that time, I was like, hey, I like these people. I, I these people are actually like legit. I said, I would go get a beer with these people. He's like, when are you going to get beer with them? We have lots of children. And I said, we can make time to dab beers. So Universe. we talk a lot of trash about the podcast that no longer exists that Heather used to be on um, that we were also promoting at Des Moines Con that has since died. Um, and we talked a lot of trash about the adorable little Japanese girl that I had, that I butt heads with and we don't work together anymore. But Kathry, if you're watching, if it weren't for Kathry showing up with Sunny D Vodka Seltzer that night and like introducing it to us, we wouldn't have drank that. Wait. I wouldn't have fallen in love with it. You wouldn't, if you wouldn't have worn that t-shirt, like all of these things had to happen so fast everything happens for a reason people do not ignore the signs and if you're like oh they're gonna change their ways bitch no they ain't get out of it go it's exactly what i told you on on that tuesday um like literally less than 48 hours after i met you i was like here's the thing man um i had the best weekend of my entire life and then i went to work and my boss was like it sucked and i was like yeah that sucks my hobby is really, really fun. And like, I don't get yelled at, at least not very often, doing the podcast. Like, I shouldn't go to work, the, the place where I'm like making you money. Like, Mm-mm. you have a beautiful home and a, and a nice car. And it's because of like 
I work my ass off for you. And and then you then I come to work and you treat me like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Preach, sister. And so I was like, you seem really passionate about your job. And if you are half as nice to a complete stranger, like if you're half as nice to the employees that you work with as you are to a complete stranger that you met because he liked your T-shirt, I feel like this is going to be an okay place to work. And you were like, I guarantee with no papers signed nothing you were like i can get you a job and i was like that's all i needed to hear and i i literally like from my office sent an email and was like i made a promise to myself when i quit my last job what's up shout out to pickleball palace um when i quit my last job i will never i will never sit around and allow an employer to disrespect me ever again and i was like we are going down this route where i am like I'm just, I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm either going to get fired or I'm going to quit or whatever. And then I sent out that email and he sent an email back that was even more disrespectful than the original phone call conversation. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth negotiating like basic human decency. I'm out. I'm out. And uh, I started with you probably two weeks later. And here's the thing. I love this entire story from start to finish because you were like, if you are as nice to strangers are you are your employees, I'm yep. like, I'm going to tell you, well, here's the thing. He can be nice to his employees and he can be nice to strangers. His employees, he is so loyal to. It is to the point where I'm like, Bleh. oh, dude. it's disgusting. <laughs> and, like, and I told you this too. The like the best cheerleader in the world, like our annual meeting, like. Oh, he's my like, man had me ready to run through a wall. And no, not one wall. You're running through 15 yeah. fucking walls and you're going to deal with a smile and your hand up. You're like, I got this, bro. Dude, All day. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the business of selling good times. Yeah. You know? Well, and I thought we were going to war. I was like, let's go. Yes. <laughs> and he is. And. Turn your headphones off because then I want you to f- inflate your ego any further. <laughs> He is, I've seen him with his employees over the last several years. He is so sweet, so kind. And strangers, so sweet, so kind. Please, thank you. I love you. I will support you. I have your back. And it's one of those that you're just like, I see you every day. Get your ass ripped. But then he turns it around. He's like, okay, listen, guys, we got goals. You can do it. I can do it. We can do it. We got this. I got you, you got me, we got us. Because that's our motto, right? That's right. Yes. Dude, oh. like, I think before I even started, you were like, it's it, like, do your job the best you possibly can, but don't uh-huh. take it super seriously because at the end of the day, we're just selling good times. Like, we're not... We're not saving lives here, but like yeah. you make me feel like like the work that I do is the most important, you know, like the most important thing in the world. And like every time I get an email from like a salesperson and they they're like, "Hey man, thank you so much because like before you came on, like getting these materials and the communication just was lacking and like you've been a, a giant help." So like like I said, we're not saving lives. I'm not my wife is literally saving lives. That's what she yeah. does for a living. And so yes. when I say yes. that, she's like, that's actually what I do. You're, um, you're, you're slinging, you're slinging booze and great times. You're not saving lives. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that line sounds familiar. But at the same Very time, true. man, like I have like more pride and joy in the last six months. Um, 
slanging cardboard <laughs> in a, even in with, a warehouse. Then even I, with paper cuts? Oh, do you, oh it's the worst. Look, yeah. I know. They're, all, they're so bitchy. I used to be so pretty. Um, but <laughs> It's fine. You're, you'll recover <laughs> one day. But uh, no, I just, uh, now that I, I finally got you in front of a microphone and in front of a camera, I just wanted to thank you very much. I appreciate um, you, Because had, uh, had you not shown up in a bright orange t-shirt and been oh. super passionate when you talked about what you do for a living, um, I would not have called you less than 48 hours later and been like, hey, man, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Are you really that passionate? Is this job really that fun? And lo and behold, the last six months have been, yeah. I think we're pretty responsible for a good corner of our friends jumping into Sunny D oh. just because well, here's we the had thing. a good one. What year were you, just me asking cautiously, yeah. what year were you born? 89. 89. 89. 94. 94. Baby, 89. 89. 86. 86. We were Sunny D motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I love, honey, honey. I'm like a juicy juice. <laughs> <laughs> Gin can, pop the two holes and pour it. Ju- juicy juice didn't come out until, until 87. We love you so long. No, I was drinking juicy juice though. No, you weren't. You were drinking the fucking tang. I know we were not. Anyways, okay. us Sunny D motherfuckers. Um, we also love the, the the blue raspberry Hawaiian I'm, punch. I'm if we could get right that now. in a heart seltzer, that'd be great. <laughs> no false advertising or subliminal messages here. Juicy Juice, 1977, 46 years we were, old. We... Guess what I was drinking? The J Squared. <laughs> <laughs>